Well, hello, 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 y'all. It is Ali here, and we are back with Creators Spicy Tea, the podcast and network of online communities where we are sharing the tips, the tricks, the hacks, education, and resources, all meant to help keep each other safe, sane, and flourishing in the spicy adult content creation industry. Today, we are answering that question that every single creator has been asking themselves since the inception of their content creation business. What's the question? What in the holy hell do these subscribers and buyers want from us? Y'all, we have our creator-based communities we go to. We rely on advice and experience from other creators. We spend hours and hours researching what's available to us. But... I'm thinking in this one area, maybe us creators don't fully know the whole picture. Maybe in this one area, we do need to look to the other side of the industry and simply ask the buyers, ask the subscribers, what the hell do you want? So you know I did. I reached out to two phenomenal members of the buying and subscribing community and I asked them so many of the big, juicy questions, everything I could think of. Y'all, we get pretty serious in this one. But, but, before we dive on in, we just have a snippet of business and a trigger warning. So we're going to talk that trigger warning first. In this episode, there is mention of extreme intolerance and homophobia. I am going to make sure to repeat that warning when that topic comes up. That way, if it is going to trigger you or upset you, you can skip on by it. Now the business. You guys know, Creator Spicy Tea is based on finding and creating resources for adult content creators. Big news. It is debuting a whole nother extension in the network, and I am so excited because it is going to help do just that. A storefront has been opened with all of the downloadable, editable, and usable resources that I create. Y'all, I personally rely on all of these for keeping my content business running smoothly and keeping it organized. There is everything on there, from the beloved Spicy Daily Planners, the revamped and way more in-depth income and client trackers, y'all. I went hardcore on those. They both help you keep your records straight and they analyze your sales data for you. And the most recently posted one is the Spicy Content Posting Calendar. Oh my god, I love it. I use this and rely on it to help me schedule out my content and all of the details so that when I am ready to post, it is as simple as copy, paste, publish, done. All right, so the link to the Creator Spicy Tea a la carte storefront, okay, maybe not the best name, I did my best there. That link is in the link tree, and I'm also going to put it in the description box of this episode for you to check out. So, we're going to go ahead and dive on in. I want to send a huge thank you to Caesar, our male purchaser, and Ellie, our female purchaser, for being so awesome and answering all of these burning questions for us. Unfortunately, they couldn't join us themselves, but they showed 
up and they answered the many, many, many questions I sent their way in depth. Buckle on in, strap in, and let's get ready for that tea. First things first, let's just get to know Caesar and Ellie. So Caesar has been a part of the Reddit fetish buying community for two and a half years now. He ended up learning about the content and fetish buying community from a cam site where a model was selling panties. From there, he found the fetish and content buying community here on Reddit, and he says he has been a part of it ever since, which I am going to say is a titch of an understatement, considering he now moderates for one of the biggest, most prevalent fetish resource and selling communities, the fetish buyer community. He is also an amazing, wonderful, and beautiful moderator for the subreddit creators underscore spicy underscore tea. He now on average says he orders content, whether it's physical or digital content, about every other week. He also is subscribed on some subscription-based platforms. Now, let's meet Ellie. Ellie has been a part of the buying community for about four years. She does admit to taking a two-year-long break within that time, and we're going to discuss why a little later. Nowadays, she helps moderate the Fetish Haven community, which is also a community of resources and selling subreddits. She said she ended up finding out about the commission and subscription side of adult content through a pretty roundabout kind of way. She says she was deep diving on Twitter, as we all do, and she came across a content creator's account. She then followed the rest of the creator's social, and that is where she found the not-safe-for-work side of Reddit. She says when she found there was this bustling community of creators and buyers, she was speechless, and that her mind was blown and incredibly interested. I get that. When I first found that side of the platform, it was like entering a whole new, very naked world. <laughs> Ellie mentioned that when she first started diving in, she had some pretty severe reservations, along with being doxxed when buying panties, or she even worried about being rejected due to being a bisexual woman. And she is absolutely right when she mentions that this industry is definitely more catered to a male demographic. And it is heartbreaking to hear that from her experience, she has found it significantly harder as a woman to be welcomed into the buying community. Though, she does have fantastic news on that front, stating that the community now is significantly more welcoming. When Ellie started, she says she went a little bit overboard in how much content she would purchase, but nowadays, she purchases at least once or twice a month, and she is also subscribed to at least one subscription-based platform. So now that we know a little bit more about their history, I asked some more about their buying and subscribing habits, preferences, and practices. So Caesar has stated that he mostly purchases physical content, which would be panties, socks, etc., However, he is currently leaning more into the digital side of the content world. 
he considers himself someone who finds true enjoyment in both. Ellie kind of shared that sentiment, and she specifically stated she is a connoisseur of both digital and physical content. She mentions that she has been leaning more into digital content because she is a, quote, not very patient person, quote. And I have to say, that cracked me up because girl, same. <laughs> and she says digital media comes at a very quicker rate. She did make a point to say, quote, even with my low patience, I have never, nor will I ever rush a seller as that is incredibly rude and demeaning. Sellers have lives too, and can't be there 24-7 at a whim to fulfill your orders. They need to be treated with respect, just like everyone else working in the customer service industry. And Ellie, for that, every creator here appreciates you. I asked them both why, in a giant internet full of free content, they choose to purchase from us creators. We've heard it before. We have heard the trolls say, why would I subscribe to your OnlyFans when there's so much porn out there? Caesar mentioned that he does still consume free porn, but he very much enjoys buying content from sellers. He says that free porn is more for the quick results, you know? But he prefers creators' content more for the enjoyment, more of a personal, intimate, and prolonged experience. He mentioned that he even goes back and rewatches the purchase content just to enjoy the content itself. He says it's not just about sexual gratification. Directly quoting him here, A lot of content I buy has different levels of enjoyment for me, and it isn't all about sexual gratification. They can be soothing, calming, or give me an opportunity to enjoy the creator's body more as art. To see the body in motion and enjoy the movement, the way the light hits their body and highlights different aspects, the enjoyment from personalized content goes much deeper than free porn. I personally love this perspective on content being more than just sexual. I love getting content requests that are not purely sexual, but also get to be about art or building connection as well. So it is awesome to see that buyers are wanting that too. Ellie, on the other hand, does not consume mainstream media pornography. And she doesn't for moral reasons. And we're going to have a very small trigger warning for the next sentence here. She states that the account of abuse she sees actresses go through when working with big-name companies, is why she has refused to support that aspect of the industry. She says that's why she is a huge advocate for independent sex workers and sex worker rights. But, and I'm going to quote her here, Having porn personally made and tailored to your needs is the best. I send all of my love and support to the sellers in this industry. You're all wonderful. She says she prefers buying content because she gets a more personalized and customizable experience. She also mentions that she prefers it because she can request those specific niche things that aren't always available in mainstream porn, as, like we said earlier, that side of the industry, definitely more geared towards the male demographic. Alright, that is our introduction, and now we know a little bit more about Caesar and Ellie. 
let's get into the juicy stuff. Let's get into their opinions and preferences when it comes to us, the creators. One of the first things we have to know as a creator is where is our audience at? Where are the actively purchasing buyers and subscribers going to find us? And what is drawing them into us? Caesar says he finds almost all of his creators on Reddit. Sometimes he hears of someone through word of mouth, but usually Reddit. The specific communities he visits are Fetish Buyers Community and the Fetish Playhouse. Caesar says that the things that draw him in from a promotional post or an ad are not just the graphic content such as the GIFs or the images or the videos. Kind of funnily enough, he does admit that a great booty shot goes a long way in his eyes. He emphasizes that having a clever and personality-packed title rather than a purely sexual one will catch his attention more. Going in with a direct quote, I want to find a reason to work with the person themselves, and being funny or clever or witty with the title or caption triggers far more interest from me than anything else. Y'all, we love to see it. We love to see the consumers interested in us as people and more than just, quote, creators, unquote. Ellie is in the same boat as Caesar. She says she primarily finds us on Reddit, and she prefers the subreddits Fetish Buyers Community, Adult Content Creators, and Selling Online to find her creators. While she is in those communities, she says that good, high-quality media, whether it's pictures or videos that show us off and an easy-to-read menu are what draws her in. She checks out our overall prices, reviews, and any websites we may have before making a final decision. She prefers sellers who are both prepared and professional, but casual and approachable. We all know the funnel. A subscriber or a buyer sees our social media, promotion, or ad, and then goes to our profile on that platform to check us out further. I had to ask, what are the green and what are the red flags that they have seen on creators' profiles? Caesar definitely values more personality in the profile, just as he does in our titles and captions. He says a green flag for him would be seeing posts showing our overall interests mixed in with promotional posts. Y'all, I told you, hybrid profiles are awesome for Reddit. He also made sure to mention that on Reddit, he knows a lot of safe-for-work subreddits are not too kind to us. So he doesn't see this as a must-have. He also said that it is important to him to see us active in the community. Going in with the direct quote, if you show that you engage with people that comment on your posts, if you engage with other posts in the community, if you are trying to offer advice and helping out wherever you can, all of that is really big and really important to me and will immediately give you a bump in my eyes. Now Ellie, Ellie is big on reviews. She likes to see three plus positive reviews for a seller or creator. Y'all, ask your buyers to review you whenever possible. 
You deliver that content, you ask for a review. It helps build your reputation and your standing in the community. Ellie also loves getting to see and about me post on our profiles so she can get to know more about us. That is such a good idea, you guys. She prefers to see that we post on credible and well-moderated subreddits as well. That is just good advice for everyone. She closed out saying that she is drawn to creators and sellers that, quote, know how to take a good photo and strut their stuff. <laughs> Let's talk red flags. Caesar's red flags are pretty close to just flipping the script on what he saw as green flags. They include lazy, unimaginative titles, repeatedly posted content or comments. Though, he says even worse than the same repeated comment would be no comment history at all. Remember, he mentioned it's important to see us active in the community. And as for reasons why those are red flags, he says, these are all signs to me that this is strictly business for you. And that is the last thing I want when buying personal content. Ellie's red flags also kind of include flipping the script on her green flags. She mentions that posting on untrustworthy, poorly moderated subreddits are a concern for her to see. She also says that very aggressive or link and username packed titles are not something she's going to take interest in. Speaking of aggressiveness, she says that pushy creators can be very off-putting to her. She does also not easily trust those who have no reviews, due to one time in her past being scammed when new. Again, again, ask your purchasers to leave reviews for you. I made a Google form for my Telegram subscribers to fill out, and I post the reviews on my website. Again, she is a moderator in a family of selling subreddits, so that next red flag came at no surprise. She says sellers who also directly message you about an ad, even though it's against the rules. Big red flag. She says, I have had sellers message me about ads from weeks and even months ago that have been long fulfilled. The lack of awareness is one of the biggest red flags for me. Follow those rules, y'all. I can guarantee following the system in this one case is significantly more fruitful than trying to skirt around it. We all know, we all know that content buyers and subscribers are not just looking for content from us. They are also looking for the experience of us. So I asked the two what they are looking for overall in a content creator's personality and how we interact with them. Caesar is looking for who we are as a person. All of us and our interests. He's not looking for someone who is transactional and only about business, as he said earlier. He's looking for that experience of building connections and meeting people. He says he wants to see our interests, build a connection with us, because that will add up and enhance the experience overall. Remember, y'all, they may on the surface be buying our content, but they are actually buying the experience of us. When it comes down to communication with creators, he had this to say, Be real with me. Be straight with me. Share your ideas. Offer advice on what you think will make everything better. Provide your input. You as creators have far more experience and know how to deliver good content. 
Plus, you know what you're good at, so you know what will come out looking better. I very much believe if you are invested in the idea, if you feel like you can make it your own while also delivering my fantasy, that will 100% show in the end and will make the content so much better. He also wants to make sure he's not the only one enjoying the process, but both parties are, and we love to see that. Ellie is looking for the kind of person we all are. Someone nice, friendly, and with good vibes. She's looking for that connection with a creator that doesn't just have to be not safe for work, but also one where she's able to connect about other things as well. She added she mostly wanted, quote, just someone who can be themselves. I don't like overly fake sexualized personalities. Just be real with me, and I'll do the same with you. We know now what some buyers and subscribers are looking for, and we know what about us grabs attention, both in a good and bad way. So I asked the pair about their experiences next. I asked if they could remember a fantastic interaction they had with the creator, and if they could remember a very much so less than good interaction. Caesar started his response in the best way, and I have to share it word for word. Quote, Oh, good lord. Like, 90% of my interactions with sellers are fantastic. And you all know that lort was spelt with a hard T at the end for some emphasis. He states that a big key for him is everyone treating each other like a person and getting to know each other a bit, not simply focusing on sex and getting off. He said that he's found that so long as he and other buyers remain kind and respectful, He's noticed that most creators are willing to engage in conversation with someone, partly because getting to know the buyer gives them more insight to what they like and allows the seller to better provide service for them. But I also think a lot of sellers just like the human interaction as well. He believes that a part of why he has so many positive interactions with us creators is because he's willing to listen and try and understand what we go through to provide services. And he tries to provide a safe space for us to open up and be listened to when wanted. He said he can't think of any truly awful interactions, but rather just disappointing ones. He gave an example of a recent disappointing interaction, he said. I recently placed an order with a seller for a pair of panties, three days wear, some extra play sessions and no showers added on. I made it very clear and confirmed the length and the add-ons. Also, since she posts and indicates that she's in a state close to me, I asked her to pack and ship the panties still wet, since they would arrive quickly. Well, turns out the seller had misrepresented where she was and wore the garment for less than the agreed-upon amount of time. He says he was able to chat with her and give some advice for her, but it's still not what they agreed upon and what he paid for. Overall about the interaction, he said, all in all, it wasn't an awful interaction, but a way to turn a bad situation into something at least a little more positive. But I cannot lie. I highly doubt that I will be willing to work with her again because those kind of mistakes really stick with you. Y'all, huge thing. Huge thing to keep in mind. Don't agree to something if you are not 100% sure. You can do the agreed-upon specifications. 
and take notes on your orders. I use both the client and order tracker and the custom script sheet, which are both available on that storefront, to take these notes. Things like this situation can hugely damage your reputation, and your reputation is crucial in this industry. Ellie, just like Caesar, couldn't pick just one awesome interaction, and she said she's had so many. She did say what makes interactions both fantastic and memorable is when both parties are having fun, vibing, and comfortable with each other. Really unfortunately, Ellie has had a couple of not great interactions in her buying history, including being called homophobic slurs. Not fucking cool. She stated that things can lead to a negative interaction when we just don't vibe and the content doesn't come out how I specifically want it, the seller is not communicative during the process and doesn't take my input on how to improve the content. She was also very sure to say that she knows us creators can have bad days at work just like everyone else, but sometimes she still can end up feeling a little bit cheated. Speaking of feeling cheated, us creators, we know the pain. We know the frustration and the violation of being scammed. Subscribers and buyers can be scammed as well. I asked them if they had any experience with this happening to them, and I really wish they hadn't said yes. Caesar has experienced this twice, both of them in the beginning of his time buying. He states that it was on him for, quote, not taking the proper time to research who I was interacting with, and I was just tossing around money. He has chalked up both of those experiences as learning experiences, and he has not had that happen again for the past two years. He does say that he's received orders that are less than what he hoped, and even some that make him wonder if the content was prepared as agreed upon, but in those transactions, he has no proof he was scammed. Ellie says she has only experienced this once, and it repulsed me to hear about this happening. This is going to be our trigger warning. We're going to have about a paragraph, and in this are some homophobia and intolerance. So I'll go ahead and skip forward maybe a minute if you don't want to hear that. So she says that three to four years ago, she had placed a request and had a verified and trusted seller respond with interest. She sent payment and everything was set to go until they realized they had yet to age verify. Please, 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 everyone, no age verification, no pay link, avoid this happening. So when they realized they forgot to age verify, Ellie sent her ID, redacted everything but her date of birth and her sex. Okay, this is where the repulsion comes in. Please, again, if you don't feel comfortable hearing this, please skip ahead. Ellie says her attitude suddenly switched on me, going from being so kind and so warm to awful and homophobic. In all caps, she said the person text her, I don't sell to fucking F word slur for those who are on the LGBT spectrum. I am not going to say that word. She says she blocked me on Reddit and kick and kept her payment. She said she was heartbroken 
from this interaction, and it brought her to tears. In no way do I blame her for that. Us creators are very well within our rights to refuse service to anyone. However, if we do not provide the content, that money must be refunded. And please, I know you guys know this. I know you don't need to hear this. But keep any intolerance to yourself. This is supposed to be an open-to-all community. That kind of shit can hugely impact someone's mental health. And we don't know what battles somebody is already fighting. There is no need to add to it. After a couple more intolerant and homophobic interactions, Ellie had to take a full two-year break from buying. Thankfully, she was able to come back this year and has found an amazing community. Now, y'all, it's time to get deep. Serious and even a little bit possibly controversial. And let's ask some of the intense questions. I'm not sure if everyone listening is feeling it as well, but there are some shifts going on in the market. And I do not like them. I do not love seeing them. So I asked for their perspective on the market and creators in general. To start, I asked what their perspective is on the current market slump and if they think it'll be bouncing back. Caesar really does believe it'll bounce back, but not to its former glory. Unless the overall economy changes and improves. He quoted, this kind of service is absolutely a premium luxury. And with things in general in life costing more and more and income not matching, quality buyers will be buying less often and probably sticking to sellers they know they can rely on. So y'all, make sure you are really focused on building that strong base of subscribers and buyers. I will say personally, mine are getting me through this. He also mentioned that non-quality buyers will likely be out in force, looking for as much content as they can get for the smallest rates possible, continuing to drive down the market. Y'all, I've seen it nonstop. Please remember to fully value your content, labor, time, and overhead. Don't settle for a profit loss just to bring in an insulting amount of money. So Ellie sees this slump as not too surprising. She even described it as normal. She says right now, with inflation, gas, food, rent prices, people have less money to buy individual custom content. She believes it'll bounce back, even though this round has lasted significantly longer due to the economy. She's thinking that once the holidays come around, we can expect an increase. Fingers and toes crossed that she's right. She ended this question with something I really think all of us need to hear. I say to everyone, hang in there for now. Don't give up just yet. Seriously, y'all, don't give up. Please consider taking Ellie's advice to heart here. This is gnarly right now. I'm feeling it along with you. But every market in every industry has up and downs. So. Stay strong and keep fucking fighting for yourself and your business. The next question I asked was a bit of a doozy. I have my own opinions on this, and it was pretty interesting to see those opinions echoed by those in the consuming side of the industry. 
I asked about their perspectives on the general interpersonal relationship quality between creators and consumers, and if they think it's gotten worse, better, or roughly stayed the same. Caesar sees what I have very unfortunately been seeing. He says, overall, I can't help but think it has gotten more contentious. He thinks this could be due to a oversaturation of sellers and creators who don't have enough education on how the market works, and buyers who are attempting to take advantage of that, and an influx of scammer sellers and lowballer buyers. He sums it up by saying, this leads to buyers being less willing to trust sellers, and sellers getting tired of every buyer wanting to get a ton of verification pictures, videos, offering low prices, asking for delivery before payment. It's a cycle, and it's spreading and affecting basically everyone. That is a perspective that I unfortunately share. It is so important for us to keep ourselves safe and sane, but just remember, most everyone here is just a person trying to enjoy themselves. So be sure to assert your boundaries and feel out the person you're considering working with, but try not to go into an interaction overly guarded. Kindness and respect from both sides of the market is going to go a long way in healing this divide. Ellie kind of sees the quality of relationships to be about the same. She believes that so long as you are a great customer, creators will appreciate you. As a creator, I certainly concur with that. She did acknowledge that sellers have to be more on alert now since there has been a massive boom of asshole time wasters. Their guards are up, and sometimes they could potentially confuse a curious buyer with a time waster. Her advice on keeping safe while maintaining positive relationships is to use our best judgment when deciding who to work with. She says to look for signs, comments, reviews, post history, and to make our best judgment on that information. Ellie wanted to make sure there was a very clear distinction between legitimate buyers and time wasters. She worries that those two terms have been somewhat merged together. As creators, we deal with time wasters nearly daily, and we know how incredibly frustrating it can be we know, intimately, how so-called buyers and subscribers can be time wasters. But what about us creators? I ask them if they believe or have any experience with a creator being a time waster. Caesar says he's actually experienced that once. The full situation he described is written in his word on the Patreon post looking at buyers' subscribers' perspective. But to summarize it, he began working with a creator who, first of all, asked for a deposit in order to send their pricing. Haven't heard of that one. But he sent a good faith deposit and then was told he would be followed up with after the holiday season and then never heard from her again. So he says beyond that experience, he's not necessarily sure if us creators can be called time wasters per se. He does have a tip to help both parties from 
having their time wasted. And that is for us to post our menus and our pricing somewhere visible to anyone who might be interested in working with us to see. Cannot agree more with that. Pin your menu to your platforms you sell and post content on. Save yourself some hassle. He explained further, saying, if you have pricing, then I understand and respect that. But some sellers are just outside of my budget. If I know that ahead of time, I don't have to bother them at all and I can move on. I can go through the process of asking and going into details of what I'm looking for and then waiting for them to come back with pricing that I absolutely cannot work with. Now I do feel that both of our times were wasted. Ellie was stronger in her perspective that sellers, buyers, and everyone out there can be time wasters. The biggest example of time wasting she's seen from creators is, quote, responding to ads whose criteria they don't fit, and then messaging the person despite not fitting the description. Not only are you wasting your time, but their time as well. Don't respond if you don't fit the criteria. She goes further to say that this also correlates to payment methods. If a buyer doesn't list your preferred payment method, there is a big chance he can't use them. Please don't comment. It can lead to unnecessary conversations, which can easily turn sour. I have to agree with her on that. In my personal opinion, if you are not exactly or very, very, very close to fitting the creator the buyer is looking for, it is more likely that you will have a conversation that leads to nowhere and can easily become contentious. I closed out the interview with a little bit of an open-ended question to them. If they could give any notes or advice to all creators out there, what would it be? Their answers to this have been quite truncated to account for time. So I very highly suggest popping over to the Creators Spicy Tea Patreon to see the full interviews as they shared some pretty damn valuable information. Caesar's response to this question came at zero surprise by this point in the interview. He says, be yourself. Let your personality shine. You don't have to completely lay yourself bare. But The reason why we choose to work with you is you have something that appeals to us. If you spend all your time pretending to be someone else, it will show and it will lead to less inspired products. Know your boundaries and hold people accountable for overstepping them. You should never feel forced to do anything you don't want to do. This should be enjoyable for you as well, and experimenting and trying things out should be done on your terms. Make sure you feel fully comfortable, knowing you can back out if you need to. Ellie also had some damn awesome advice for us as well. Her first tip is, to new sellers, don't give in to a person's demand because of the money. Many new sellers are pressured into making content they are so uncomfortable with just so they can get paid. I get that times are tough and money is precious, but your emotional, physical, and mental well-being is more important than whatever sum of money is being offered. Love to hear it, y'all. That is golden rule number one. Never spend more of your own capital than you receive in return. Her second piece of advice is something we actually chatted about in last week's episode. 
And that is, payment comes before content every time. She says, it's truly heartbreaking and frustrating to read about new sellers getting scammed out of content because some dickwad refused to pay, even though they promised to pay afterwards. They aren't going to pay. No matter what bullshit they promise and complain about, I assure you they are just going to (laughs) nut and run away. (laughs) Why? Because scammers get off on the idea of exploiting women. Her final piece of advice is something I have screamed from every rooftop and will continue to do so. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Yes, I know it is scary to ask for help because you're afraid of judgment and being seen as stupid. But I assure you that it is better to ask for help than going at it alone and blind. As a community, we should be standing together and helping those who need help help better others' experiences so the community can grow larger. Okay, y'all. So that got a little deep here and there, that got a little serious here and there, and it's very possible that some of those responses could upset some folks. I tell every creator and every consumer the same thing, that communication and understanding is the absolute key to making sure that our spaces remain safe, welcoming, and mother truck and profitable. (laughs) Part of the reason that I wanted to do this particular episode was to give consumers a voice in the creator's space so we can see another perspective. I would really hope that everyone, both creators and consumers, can take some of this information into their next interaction and work to care about and hopefully even enjoy each other. All right, I would love to hear what you thought of their responses. And if you have any more questions you would want to have answered, because I would love to do this again with a new couple of consumers. So definitely go check out that link tree in the podcast description box and feel free to let me know what you think on this pretty information-packed and potentially contentious episode. So all of the creators' spicy tea socials, including that resource pack subreddit, are in that link, and I'd love to hear from you. The full interviews, as I said, are available on the creators' spicy tea Patreon, along with this episode's rough transcript, aka the script I wrote out and absolutely failed to stick to exactly. So be sure to check out that link and those full interviews. They went above and beyond in their answers, and unfortunately, I just can't include it all here. Huge thank you to both Caesar and Ellie. I really hope that some of this was helpful, or at the bare minimum, informational. I hugely appreciate you. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider sharing it with the other creators in your community so we can spread these resources and education as far and wide as we can. The more educated we all are, the more influence we can have in the market and make it a better space for everyone in it. Okay, y'all. Thank you so much 
for sitting with me today. I know this was a long one. I really hope y'all are staying safe, sane, and flourishing despite this weird and crazy developing marketing landscape. Okay, I just want to say really quick, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. It is 100% my goal to see every single one of you reach and exceed whatever your goals are. This has once again been Allie with Creators Spicy Tea. I cannot wait to chat with you next time.